myself. Well, uh, I was not looking forward to that game at all before it. I was kind of like, I had a long work day. Didn't you predict that United would lose? Oh, did I? I can't remember now. I think yeah, might have done. Yeah, might have predicted a two-one loss based on based on a very understrength team being selected. And in fact, and it was you that influenced me to pick a to say he was going to pick an understrength team. You convinced me he would do that, but he didn't. He picked a very strong team, and uh, their player decided to Superman catch the ball. So odd. So odd. Very. So very I mean, look, he's he's picked a very strong team at the back. And through midfield, but then he um, there's some few changes up front there. Yeah, I mean Matters played never a good sign really, although he had a, actually had a very good game. And Igalo made his first start. Thing thing with Igalo is he's he's uh, I guess we'll come on to the actual game. Just my impression of Igalo from his first like 12 minutes and then this game is that he's neither that quick nor that big nor that kind of. Strong, all the things we were sort of promised, really. I mean, I'm like, like he, he's never been that, has he? Like, he's, no, he's always no, been sort of, uh, I mean, he's decent with his back to goal holding off a defender. He's and, all right there, yeah. And he's yeah, got yeah. some skill, like, he's got some sort of some tech, yeah. Like, I mean, he's not very good, but we knew he's not very That's not like, no, no, he's fine for a game like this, yeah. Anyway, exactly. the, the weird thing about this game is in the within the first five minutes. Five, six minutes, Bruges had two really good chances. I mean, 15, just really good chances. 15 minutes, first 15 minutes. But yeah, they did. And and But United had already had two really good chances by that point as well. Um, they had, well, not necessarily two really good chances, but nice patterns of play that ended with decent shots. There was the matter one from outside the box that Mignolet saved somewhat comfortably. And the one that I think Mignolet pushed onto the post from Fernandez, or possibly it just hit the post uh, a long range. And those those was in the same period of time. But it's it massively... They didn't have another good chance that I saw the whole the rest whole of the game. Yeah, and yeah I know. Because it all swung on one moment of completely unnecessary madness. I can only think he thought he was three yards further back than he was. Because to... to to dive in, I mean, or he's just played in front of Simon Mignolet for a really long time. So he's like, well, hmm, maybe I should act as the goalkeeper here just in case the actual goalkeeper chucks it in. No, but I mean, look, it's not like Mignolet's a complete flapper. He's he's a, he's a decent enough keeper. I'm not sure if he'd have saved that or not. It was a bit hard to say, really. I mean, he was getting down. It was just really odd. I mean, it's not. It, it wasn't on the goal line. Fine if it's the ninetieth minute on the goal line, but uh, what twenty five minutes into a game of this magnitude, you've got loads of time to come back. He's got to know he's going to get sent off. I just don't understand it. And it's not as if it's one of those ones where he's jumped up and he's hit his hand, or he's just reacted because it's by his face and his hand was up there. He's made the conscious decision to do it. No, it's a save. He's he's literally saved it. He's gone. He's gone with his his uh, his strong hand. left hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A strong left hand. Very very peculiar. And the ref watched a lot of replays. What I kind of want to know is why there was a review of, of that. Like why the ref was asked to come to the monitor. I mean, I suppose we could get sidetracked by yet another pointless discussion about another VAR thing, but. You, know. I, you see, I don't mind this this version of VAR where you go to double check something. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it slowed stuff down. 
for quite a long time, but it's a natural breaking play anyway for a penalty. But I'm not like with I'm with you on this one. I don't know what he was checking. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, you made denial point- of a goal scoring opportunity, right? It's not like <laughs> denial of the goal going in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, I guess the video assistant could have said you might want to come and have a look at this and work out whether you think he's he just happens to be jumping with his hands outstretched in that direction. <laughs> yeah, I know he slipped over. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the I, I, I in the moment I thought, oh, isn't this the triple punishment? But Triple punishment is where the player has made a genuine attempt to play the ball. I was right. like, "Wow!" I mean, he's made a pretty genuine attempt to play the ball there. <laughs> just he has with his hand, just yeah, in the way that you are very much, very, very much not allowed to do. Um, and then uh, Fernandez, I don't know how he's. I mean, I'm going to keep enjoying it. I don't know how all these go in because this one, it really looked like Minulay had waited long enough. And then it turns out that Bruno Fernandes does a thing in midair where he doesn't kick the ball when you think he's going to kick the ball. So he like, the hang time on the wait, there's going to be a lot of like palpitation moments and then he's going to score every penalty because he just scores every penalty. I Yeah, I, uh, I mean, he's not taking one in a really important big game. <laughs> I mean, hasn't Yet. he? Of course he has in, in his career. Oh, I'm he- sure he has in uh, sporting, but none of that counts. I mean, for United, cup final or whatever. Yeah, there's going to be a few heart attacks. But look, he's he is genuinely looking at the keeper. And Mignolet went half second too early. Yeah, absolutely. And then brilliant, brilliant execution. No problem. Easy does it. Yeah, another one. And um, so before that, there'd, there'd, there'd been some stuff. Like you said, that even I, I thought it was going to be quite interesting to see Maguire and Bailly in a four at the back. Four at the back. In the end... We just saw a bit of chaos in the first few minutes and then basically didn't have to do anything except in an attacking sense for the rest of the game, more or less. One like nice intervention from Maguire on the edge of the box. But I, I in theory, I really like that partnership. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see whether it yes. becomes a Well, I think Maguire will benefit a lot from someone who's quick. And, and Bae is definitely quicker than Lindelof. I mean, he's... Uh, He's a heart attack waiting to happen as a defender, of course. I mean, none of those moments in this game, it just it wasn't necessarily necessary, of course. But we know what he's like. So if you could, if you could, I was going to say, what are the qualities of Victor Lindelof that you might want to wrap into Eric Bailly? But I'm not sure there are any that Victor Lindelof is obviously superior to Bailly in, um, except for the madcap brain hemorrhage piece of defending that happens once every three games or something. Uh, Cal Cal asked, uh, is his nickname the Iceman because he melts under the slightest heat? Which is like very harsh, but not entirely unfair. Anyway, I want to note just a couple of little moments. Um, Bruno Fernandes looked absolutely magnificent for most of this game. Uh, my favourite moment wasn't the uh, assist it wasn't the goal. Um, it wasn't the absolutely stunning ball that he found Mata with, where Mata tried a 10 yard one two in traffic that almost worked and would have been like peak Barca. Um, but my favorite moment was Bruno and Wambisaka, where they exchanged passes. So Wambisaka finds Bruno and just an absolutely gorgeous, perfectly weighted flick back from Bruno to Wambisaka, who's then in space. And his his crossing, like I think we can start to say this is now becoming consistently noticed. Like he is not 
whacking it at the first man almost ever now, which is quite a yeah, remarkable sure. quick That's transformation. What, what we do know about Bruno now from uh, seeing the first few games of his time at United is that the thing that United scouts were apparently worried about, that he gives the ball away too often, is very, very true. 72% pass completion in this game is 72% pass completion in the other game. And there's a reason for it, of course. Do you think that's... Do you think it's too often? Because I don't. I'm not sure I think it's too often. Well, it will be too often where he gives the ball away unnecessarily and United concede uh, on the break, for sure, yeah. Do you, so, think he's, do you think he's given the ball away, like, truly unnecessarily at any point, really? Look, I think he's most of uh, the times when he's um, not completing a pass, it's a deep progression, so it's, it's a forward pass. It does look, I mean... I'm going to take back some of what I said initially, which is his stats look like Pogba's. They do, but the the passing does not. Right, so he's he is picking the ball up in in deeper areas uh, or further forward, deeper for the opposition defence. Right, further forward areas. Uh, he's playing a lot of balls in the final third, but still a lot of them are, are going astray, including ones in the midfield third. So he's pretty consistent, seventy something percent. And we'll see whether that frustrates people. I mean, he's obviously got a halo right now. He He's bringing the thing that United really need, which is those passes, uh, deep progression and attempted, um, attempting to find other players. We'll see 18 months down the line whether that's quite good enough for a player of that ilk. But, you know, it's just one thought. Wow. <laughs> Wow, I'm I'm really surprised by that take because to me the experience I've had of watching him is like yeah he tries some stuff that doesn't come off but he's trying stuff that first of all loads of stuff that you don't expect to come off is and it's almost always dangerous and we've been so desperate for someone and like I mean United fans clearly you say he's got a halo around him and yeah sure he has but I don't think his halo is the transfer I think his halo is his performances since the transfer like he just looks he just looks like the real deal to me. And you you saw the reception that he got when he came off today. It was just, it was rapturous. So, I mean... Steady on. We've got some really nuance here. I'm I'm not saying he's playing badly. I'm just saying the the one thing that United reportedly said they were concerned about turns out to be the thing that is, you know, he he does do. I I guess, I I guess. Like, this, this is the verbal version of... I, I try to be nuanced on Twitter and get a pile on. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. I just, <laughs> no, it isn't. I just don't think it's a problem. Or so far, it certainly hasn't been a problem. So, like, if it was the reason that United didn't buy him, they're absolute idiots because they should have bought him and we'd be miles better off now if they had, even if he does give the ball away 28% of the time. So, sure. like, that, that, I guess that's really the point that I'm, I'm making. It's like, that to me, I can't see how that's a problem. Uh, maybe you could say, okay, yeah, well, in in a big game, in theory, in a crucial moment, it could be vital. It's like, yeah, but also he could easily bang one in from thirty yards in a big game that would be crucial and vital. Um, and he's just got, he's just so lovelily techy. You know, his, his touch is looks very measured and smart as well. He, he seems to make, for someone who gives the ball away that often, he seems to make a lot of good decisions. And maybe that is the halo effect of the new signing. And maybe it's because we've been 
so used to utter mediocrity, maybe, you know. Um, Dan James was playing very badly before his uh, decent shot that was saved by uh, Delhi. And afterwards. <laughs> yeah, until he got subbed I off. I mean, he, he had another attempt uh, later on in the game from sort of the corner of the box, didn't he? Which he skewed somewhat wide. Not quite as wide as Jesse Lingard's effort. Oh, poor old Jesse. Poor kid. He's, uh... Jesse got a an assist in this game. Good for him. Yeah. His first shot went miles and miles wide. Yeah, it did. And then there was one... Uh, one chance he got when he was pinged the ball. I can't quite McTominay. remember. Fight. McTominay yeah. fired it into him. And in, he was in the number 10 spot and he tried to control it and he went about 10 yards away from him. Oh, no. I, yeah, no, that's not the one. The, the, I'm thinking of the one where McTominay slipped a lovely through ball in and it was a really tame shot. But then immediately after that, it got goal! goal! And like you say, I mean, it was clearly a solemn moment because he was uh, he's clearly mourning, mourning the departure of loved one and not trying to honour them with a goal. Um, but... Yeah, uh, there was not wild scenes of celebration from Igalo when he scored much more serious and stern moments. But it, I thought he did quite well for the goal. I thought his movement was good and um, and it was a well-worked opportunity by United. Yeah, lo- lovely, ni- nice from Fernandez and Mata. Lovely touch by Mata. Uh, always cool in those kind of situations. And, and Igalo's yeah. in the right spot. Couldn't miss. Uh, and did did what he needs to do, which is which is get yeah. onto the six yard box, and 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 I have to say that is different from some of our other forwards who are not necessarily yeah. fox in the box. Um, then he did well again, some nice hold up play, and then a turn and a shot, and we were kind of all over him at that point, and it was almost not a surprise at all when we went three 0 up. But the goal was like nice when you see it the first time. Um, Obama Yang's just scored an absolute wonder goal to put Arsenal through, by the way. It's a bit unfortunate. <laughs> um, but you'll enjoy this one, a proper Hugo Sanchez scenes. Um, but the uh, the the McTominay shot, when you see the replay, that's a hell of... That is an absolute wonder goal from Scott McTominay. Curled it inward with his instep striking in on the ball with his body open. Remarkable. Yeah, I mean, he's basically passed it in, hasn't he? It's uh, it's just yeah, just, yeah, lovely, lovely, confident, back to being Scott McTominay, I guess. And his his passing was crisp throughout. I thought, you know, he's he's so much better than what eighteen months ago in in terms of his passing. I just mean just much more progressive, able to pick the right pass, not just the safe pass. No longer it's the still, crab. It's still so, not quite... You don't feel... I mean, you say safe. Like Obviously, you don't want him just playing safe passes. But you almost... You don't feel totally safe when he's progressing the ball forward in the way that you might do with some other players. But... Look, he's definitely yeah, not Michael Carrick yeah, exactly, when it comes to passing. Yeah. Um, but he's he adds some, some real dynamism. And actually... The balance, I mean, you know, this is against 10 men Bruges. So, you, you know, anyone writing a five things we learned 
that doesn't start it with we didn't learn anything it was 10 men against Bruges uh, against which will be absolutely none of the <laughs> Bleacher Report Football 365 or any other content farms that really need to file something right now um, takes on this game hey listen will be... Bleacher Report stopped doing five things we learned a long time ago because they discovered they? yeah they're key... is it 10 things now no their key thing was like um, you can't just do the same format ever, over and over again you can't just find a format that works and repeat it because the numbers just drop off over time anyway that's hashtag content talk um but yeah lovely goal from from McTominay and 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 just it's good to have him back around and that balance of that midfield I was going to say Fred McTominay Mata Fernandez that's I mean I don't quite know what you call that formation really because Mata and Fernandez Mata's not playing wide right is he um but but actually, having finding a way to get Mata and Fernandez both in the team, I think is a, it's a multiplier for both of them. Actually, potentially, yeah. Look, the balance of McTominay, Fred, and, and Fernandez being in that triangle is, is definitely better than we've had for most of the season. Again, for right now, it's great, and it's a midfield that is sort of top four capable. I'm trying yeah. to pick the right adjective there. Adjacent, yeah, I was yeah, going to say, but mean. it's capable. Yeah. <laughs> Top four capable. Yeah. I don't think that's a midfield three that wins a Premier League title, but but we're some way away from being there anyway. <laughs> so plenty yeah. of time to upgrade yeah, and-, and for these players to get better. And, 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 and you know, who, who knows what Fernandez's long-term ceiling is in the Premier League? Don't know yet. Um, Freddie's getting better all the time. Even managed to score after we said he was a danger. Well, I said he was a danger yeah, you, to spectators. Yeah, we, we. last week. <laughs> um, yeah, twice scored twice. One of them from literally that exact point at which you said he was only likely to hurt people. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. Uh, they were both both good finishes. I mean, the the one where Lingard set him up was was pretty easy, but the next one was a little bit further out. The Chong Chong assist. Um, the uh, the thing about like Premier League winning midfield three is I don't think any of us were going Wijnaldum, Henderson, and whoever the Fabinho. I get well Fabinho is always we always knew he was good, um, but you know I don't think anyone was saying that was a Premier League winning midfield no, three, were they? No, no, no. Uh, yeah. If this if this three is the Premier League winning three, I'll be amazed. But hey, I've been wrong about plenty of things in football before, and I will be wrong again. So, I'm annoyingly, to... you were profoundly right about Anthony Martial in a, in a way that it's just like I, obviously, like I want Martial to be in the team because I love him and it's good for United. But mostly, I was just furious because like ah, oh, spent ten minutes on the last podcast. Can oh, he's not injured that much? And then like the next game, no, Ed was right, Ed. Muscle injury. I mean, who knows whether it's his fault. We get too many muscle injuries at United and it's to do with the intensity of training, I think, and and the type of game they're trying to play. Anyway, I mean, hopefully it's not too serious. I haven't heard uh, heard about that. I mean, if it's weeks rather than days, that is bad, bad news. I mean, Igalo scored today. Um, I don't know how dangerous he'll be against a Premier League defence. We might have to find out on Saturday because someone's got to play up there and it sounds like it's, or Sunday, sorry, against Everton. Seems like with the muscle industry, industry? Injury. It will not be Martial. Um, and and what, what else to say about this game? Uh, Chong got 45 minutes. Glad to see him get 45 minutes. He was sort of industrious, had one good shot, didn't he? Tried a lot of things, didn't 
come off most of it. No, but got the assist for the Fred goal right at the death, which well, got the assist. Kind of a reward I mean, for effort, really. It's a half an assist, really that that kind of one. But yeah, he did it. He did all right. Oh, I- and look, he had he had one good run when he took on the defender and then shot a few inches wide, and I thought that was that was very good. I I hope he does well because he's a player with lots of talent. It's just. Uh, it's taking him a bit of time to really make his breakthrough into the team. Unlike Mason, who came on and uh, had a few flashes at goal, expected him to score, didn't we? Because, you know, especially yeah. when he gets it on the right-hand side and he's running at the left-back. You expect him to come when, inside, take the I, shot. He did take one shot and it just went wide. We were like, what's going on? <laughs> and then there was one, so there was that one where he kind of angled it in and missed the near post, effectively. There was one right at like later. By the way, I think Olympia Hukos might have equalised or maybe even won. I don't know how the extra time away goals rule works, um, but that's funny um, because and funny things happening to Arsenal is always funny. But Greenwood took a shot um, later in the game from the left hand side of the D, and Mignolet dived. And he didn't. When Mignolet didn't get a hand to it, I just assumed I was going to see the net bulging, but the shot was not on target. But like this is the point we've reached with Mason Greenwood now that he has a shot from range, and you just assume it's going in. Like all the yeah, keepers regression to the mean in terms of his xG at the moment. <laughs> So we had this conversation. He's scoring um, 0.3. He's scoring 0.8 Premier League goals per 90 minutes off 0.3 And what happens when you keep banging them in from 25 yards? (laughs) Exactly. But the funny thing is that you said like, oh, the stats nerds are going to be like saying he's overrated now, which I'm sure is happening somewhere. And I asked the key question, which is who's going to be his Kalichi and Nacho. Um, I think I think this is a, a perfectly fine example of how uh, statistics in football are nothing but a useful metric oh, to understand absolutely. some things yeah. by. I mean, if they're a religion, uh, it's a problem for you. If just as as likely, if you say, "Oh, nerds, uh, I don't believe anything about data," I think that's a problem. The, the game has definitely moved on. And, and, you know, sort of consumer level data that we get because we're not getting all the Opta Pro data, at least uh, here at uh, NQAT Towers, where we're on a slightly tighter budget than that for the moment. Uh, we uh, we don't get all of it, but, uh, you know, this kind of consumer level freebie data um, is, a, is a good indicator. Anyway, a really good indicator is he, he's got 11 goals this season. He'll probably get 15 by the time the campaign's out. And that is awesome for a... 17 slash 18 year old kid they were making the point on um the second captain's podcast i know like i'm kind of very reluctant to bang on about jose Mourinho too much because i spent two years doing it and especially that last year nearly broke me um and they kind of made me never want to talk about or watch football ever again as did the five minutes i tried to watch tottenham in the champions league the other week um and you know glenn hoddle was was like saying what's the point of all this? And that is that is the key existential question with Mourinho, isn't it? What's the point of all this? But they were talking on the St. Captain's podcast about the fact that, you know, they've got all these injuries. They've got Troy Parrott, who's this kind of very promising, already capped by the Ireland national team. Jose Mourinho, as they said, is like, has said, well, he's 17. And you know that if Rashford and Martial and Lukaku were all injured this season, I mean, and, Green- and Mourinho was still the manager... He'd be saying, "Oh well, I can't possibly do anything other than play Scott McTominay up front because 
Mason Greenwood's only 17. Sure, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's Mourinho, ultimate pragmatist. And yeah, just I'm glad I don't have to watch his team every week. Barely seen Tottenham this season and I'm quite glad of it. Yeah. The BBC um, Minute by Minute tracker says, absolute silence inside the Emirates now. Arsenal have two minutes to try and win it again. Absolute silence inside the Emirates now. <laughs> well, it was, I imagine, fairly noisy Come when Yang scored one of the, like, like an all-time legendary goal, but he's just missed from six yards out to win it. This game is, a, I mean, the phrase peak Arsenal has been dramatically overused in recent years because I don't believe we have yet achieved peak Arsenal. They keep proving they've got more and more in them. Anyway, um, Peak United to be absolutely buzzing about beating a 10-man Club Rouge 5-0, but we are, and I think that's reasonable. Should we should we take a little break and then maybe talk about the Everton game? Yeah, or just just before we go to the break, um, we, we won't get the... I don't think we get the draw until next week, but United can get Rangers. I mean, that's who we want. And uh... Gerard, LASK, who I think are Austrian. I'm showing my uh, lack of uh, lack of hipster chops <laughs> right now. Wolfsburg, which would be interesting. I mean, I, the last time we played Wolfsburg was that when we Louis Michael Owen scored a hat trick, or no, no? Louis Van Hal. We played him again after that. Yeah, we? we in the in Louis the Van season Hull, we didn't yeah. progress through the group stage under Louis Van Hal. I think we lost two one at home. I was at that game. Roma, well, maybe we won. Could, could we? Can we? Can Smalling play? Or is he? <laughs> Can you play against your parent club in Europe? I, I honestly don't know whether that's true in Europe. Well, you could never Europe. could in my football manager games because I would always yeah. include that contract. Can't. Wolves did very well to get through. Istanbul, Bayer Leverkusen, be... Basel, Sevilla, very good side. Can we be drawn against Wolves? Uh, Who knows? The, the... I think we can. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I want Rangers, obviously. Check those rules, yeah. But I think I think we can. I don't think they keep um, home nations apart in the round sixteen. Okay. So anyway, there's some decent sides in there, but there's also like Inter, of course, top of the Serie A at the moment. <laughs> Romelu Lukaku scoring a lot of goals. Yeah, the uh, the idea of playing Inter and just the weird Man United B side that are somehow top of Syria. Rangers it is. Yeah, yeah. Rangers. Didn't, didn't we play Rangers when Antonio Valencia broke his leg? Oh, I don't I, remember that. saying that? Years and years ago. Yeah. I don't remember the last time we played them before that, but it would be a fine time. I mean, there was lots. They smashed up Manchester when they, was it when they got to the Europa League final that was in Manchester and they smashed it up? So I'm sure there'll be some people with long memories and bad blood um, and Stephen Gerrard's the manager. So it might be, maybe I shouldn't wish for this tie actually because... No, it'd be great. Anyway, that's to come next week, I think. In the meantime, a break. Enjoy no question about that. If so, let others know about us. The best way to do that is leave us a review and a rating on iTunes and hit that subscribe button. So, um, Everton at the weekend, talking of Steven Gerrard? No, not quite. Just talking of scousers in general. Um, Carlo Ancelotti, very hard to hate Carlo Ancelotti or any team that's managed by Carlo Ancelotti, in my experience. Um, They have been substantially transformed by Ancelotti's arrival. Their their form is, you know, so they lost to Arsenal. um, I mean, 
that was a very close game. Two big chances for Dominic Calvert-Lewin, um, which would have made all... He's having a good season. Uh, he certainly is. As is now, Richarlison again. Um, I mean, they paid a lot of money for him. But, you know, between them, 22 goals between Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison. And uh, they've, they have substantial threats in in those two players in particular. and, and Sure, yeah. I, I'm not sure... I'd- think much of Dominic Calvert-Lewin's dress sense. Got to say, do you see the spread with him and I, I, um, I, Tom Davies? I think this is because you are old and you wouldn't know a fire no, fit if it punched you in old. the fit I mean, face. Calvert-Lewin looked like he was in a you know, 1930s noir film exactly. or something like that. And, and um, Tom Davies looked like he was a slight upgrade on Withnell and I. You know, smart version of it. Anyway. Yeah, I, I think what all this shows is that you're never going to be managing editor of Mundial magazine. Oh, no, totally not. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, Damn, my dreams shattered. <laughs> I, quite, I would quite like that job, but I would be very bad at it because <laughs> I don't understand any of the things. I, I see the young people are, oh, that's what the young people are doing these days. Oh, so Hector Bellerin wearing that is a good thing. I'll, I'll just take it at face value, though. I, I feel like my opinion on that is not particularly valid. Um, also, my opinion on Carlo Ancelotti's Everton is not particularly valid because I haven't watched 90 minutes of them since he took over. Um, so I've got no idea, really, what he's doing and what he's doing differently. But it seems to be like classic feel-good Carlo. And also, of course, like he's a very experienced manager with lots and lots of success under his belt. And... You know, there's you... since the beginning of December, they have lost only to Manchester City and Arsenal. Yeah, and that Arsenal and loss they're picking was... up lots of points. Yeah, so this game should not be taken lightly by any stretch of the imagination because we are. I mean, we're on a great run. United are on a great little run. They haven't lost for ages, um, or at least not that I can remember. <laughs> um, I feel like we've, we're unbeaten in a few, aren't we? Have I made that up? Anyway, um, the, the the long and the short of it is we are flaky and vulnerable. So as much chance as there is that we'll turn up, Fernandez will put on a masterclass, we'll look really good. It feels like a very equal chance that we'll just turn up and be generally kind of bobbins. Yeah, uh, at Goodison, where I guess our results have been better in recent years, but has in the past been a... Troublesome ground. There's always a really good atmosphere there when United are in town, for sure. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a very old fashioned stadium. Very old. They are trying to build a new one. So on the sort of dark side, that'd be such a shame. I mean, obviously they kind of have to and everything, but that is one of the best grounds in England for for crazy old footballness being kind of like you've got the edifice of the Premier League kind of draped over the top of a ground where there's like people living opposite the door. Uh, yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. yes. Open your front door, step into the Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, it's super, super tight. Yeah. You know, all the terrace houses around there and uh, and always an interesting drive into that part of town, I thought, when I... Uh, <laughs> Well, I haven't been to Goodison for quite a while, but last time I was there, yeah, it's uh, always a bit of an eye-opener. Um, and I, I think it'll be an eye-opener for a few United players. I mean, Bruno will definitely have a... He won't have an easy time of it, I'm sure, because the atmosphere will be hot and Everton will be around him all the time. 
no doubt, you know, this will be a proper introduction to English football. So I just looked up our run of results. We lost to Liverpool and Burnley back to back. And that was like, we lost to Burnley on the 22nd of January. And since then we won 6-0, beat City 1-0. I mean, we lost that tie, I guess. So it doesn't really count. But then a 0-0 draw with Wolves, beat Chelsea 2-0, 1-0 draw with Bruges, beat Watford 3-0, beat Bruges 5-0. So, in a way, you could look at that and go, that's a good run of form. But, like... It is. Two- There's definitely some caveats. Yeah, exactly. Like the, yeah. the two big wins are against, like, very poor quality opposition. The The game in Bruges was a total shambles. The game against Wolves at home was a total shambles. The game against City was an overpraised, like battling defeat effectively um and yeah Watford were also I mean I think we genuinely played well against Watford in the second half of that game so yes second half yeah but the first half was terrible so yeah I mean look as you'd expect with United this is a a very far from what we hope is the finished product but and and they you know they're not consistent in terms of the quality but but the results are being much more consistent you're right to say that so but it's not bobbins and super depressing and pointless which is nice like as it has been i mean there were a few there were a few games in that run that were bobbins and super depressing and pointless but at least there's some semblance of hope and excitement and and the fernando signing i think is is a big part of why like just having having some genuine creativity in there makes makes all the difference in the world and the set piece stuff is so so crucial and potentially so crucial. I have to say though, I find it very difficult to be super optimistic about this game. I just I'm just not sure that Everton aren't just a bit better than us at the moment. Um maybe not overall, but in this in the context of this game. Schneidlin and Delphin central midfield. I mean I think we can take yeah, them. Okay. And yeah, we've got Scotty Mack and uh, and Fred. The the new Fred. Yeah, N-U-Fred. I, I mean I guess McDominay has to play, though it's a bit of a risk coming back from a knee injury and playing 90 and then 90. Again, you yeah, typically absolutely. wouldn't well, think he'd be ready for it, but he seems to be superhuman or something like that. You'd, you'd say Solskjaer will uh, roll the dice anyway, wouldn't you, given given our, our history? I think so, given the solidity that gives us. and I mean, look, he can bring Matic back in, yeah. but it's a lot less dynamic. And, and we've got an opportunity to dominate that midfield because... Ricarlison will drop deep, but he won't drop no. that deep. And so United ought to have an extra man in that midfield at some point during the game. Uh, and they do play in a slightly old-fashioned way, Everton. They play too wide and, and too up front. Yeah, which, you know, would definitely cause our defenders problems. And and uh be interesting to see what he does at fullback, really. And or... Of course, the possibility that he goes back to the three at the back, and I think I think maybe that's what we will see. Actually, thinking about it, um, don't know. I don't know whether it's necessary though, because United will always have a spare man at the back. Then, so always you're wasting that opportunity to, to sort of dominate through mm. midfield. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would go if if I was choosing this wouldn't necessarily be the game of the system where i go okay no i think that's that makes sense i think the chance of the overload is yeah higher you know better in midfield anyway but who knows i don't know i'm not a pro coach and ollie somehow oh yes do you know that his name is actually pronounced ula i had had no idea but ronnie onsen was on the man united podcast and um 
with a cracking oh, anecdote about Fergie. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. I was so happy that that was shared on social because I really like that podcast, actually. As I've mentioned a few times, I'm really enjoying it generally. This was not one of the better episodes for the whole thing. It was perfectly like fine to listen to but Janssen's anecdotes were kind of like okay like pretty good um but this one which they shared on social was an absolute cracker so I didn't have to tell people to listen to the whole episode just for this but he basically talks about a time that we beat Liverpool at Old Trafford and uh he the, all the players are in the dressing room they're all buzzing and Fergie comes in and he's like shushing everyone and they're like whoa what's he gonna say what's he gonna do and he goes listen and through the walls, you could hear the Liverpool manager having a massive go at the Liverpool team. And Fergie takes like a deep breath in and goes, love it. <laughs> it's just lovely. Fantastic. Very good. Brilliant. Brilliant. So what's your prediction for the United oh, side? I'm, I don't know what I think is going to happen in this game. I'm going to predict a two-all draw. I know that's an, unlike, that's an unusual result, so it probably won't happen. And the and the team, I mean, it's it's De Gea, Wambazaka, Maguire, Lindelof. I wish Shaw. it was. I wish it was Maguire by Shaw, but I'm I'm sure you're right. Um, so yeah, I think it'd be Shaw, Shaw's back in favour over Williams, and and actually playing well again, which is nice to see. He's playing well. It's fair enough. You don't need to to burn Williams out. He's got plenty of time in yeah. his career. And and while Shaw's playing well, it's fair enough. I, I mean, I it was slightly unfortunate that Williams had one bad game, then yeah. got dropped. Um, but you know, when Shaw's had about five years of bad games, <laughs> but he's, he's he played he's played well in that kind of centre back role where they're they're you know they're, 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 he's straight up like uh, stealing Chris Wilder's thing. Ollie is and and overlapping centre backs. Shaw and Maguire both get forward a lot when they play in that role. Sure, um, but sure. anyway, so Fred yeah. McTominay or yeah. Matic, Bruno. Yeah. Marcel, I'm going to assume he's not fit, so it's Igalo. I mean, I, I would like to s- Greenwood. I, or? I would much rather see Matter Igalo and Greenwood, or James Greenwood Matter in this game because I, I want to see Matter and Fernandez playing together more often. Actually, because I, I think that's I think that they they add something to each other's game, um, and and Fernandez has to do a lot more or on his own if Matter's not there. So. That's what I'd like to see. But I, I guess it won't be that. I guess it'll be Igalo James Greenwood, probably. He doesn't yeah. seem to like playing Greenwood much either, does he? But He doesn't. He doesn't. But, yeah, maybe this is one just because he he has to. Anyway, yeah. two, right. o- 2 o'clock on Sunday, you're saying 2-all. I'm going to say 1-all. Draw away Everton feels like a decent result in the context of all of it. It'd be amazing if we won. I mean, of course... We have done well in the big games. I guess this counts as a big game now because Everton have stormed up the table and we're fighting it out for sixth place. Fifth, thank you very much. Fifth, you, fifth. When you when you Google Premier League on a phone, you don't have to press the little down arrow to see where we are anymore. This is like luxury above above the fold. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, the one thing the youngins sh- won't get that reference. Yeah. The, Except your foldable phones, no? <laughs> the one thing that we should also add is that the show won't be out on Monday because I'm away on Sunday and so we're recording on Monday outrageous. night. Yeah, outrageous. Um, so we'll see you on Tuesday next week uh, with a little preview of MUFC versus Rooney FC. Oh, looking forward to that one. See you then. See you then. Bye now.